I'm excited today. Now, I try to live excited, but I'm just excited. I, I just feel like God wants to show himself strong to his people. But not just to his people, but through his people. Uh, Revelations chapter 12, if you have a Bible or an electronic device with a Bible on it. <clears throat> a little boy, not accustomed to seeing a priest in his work uniform, went up to the priest and asked, why do you dress so funny? The priest replied, this is the uniform that I wear when I work. The child, still staring at him, asked, do you have a boo-boo? The priest was somewhat puzzled, but quickly figured out that the child was looking at his white and black Roman collar. The priest pulled out the white plastic insert and showed it to the child, telling him that it was also part of his uniform. On the back side of the collar, there was some writing, wash with warm soapy water. The priest showed this to the little boy and then asked him, do you know what these words say? The little boy, obviously much too young to read, stated, I sure do. The priest, a little taken back, then replied, okay then, tell me what it says. The boy then replied, kills fleas and ticks for up to six months. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> I want to talk about something today that will not be new for us. It's something that we talk about periodically, and that is the power of your testimony. And I, I guess I hope to maybe expand our, our understanding a little bit, and maybe in that expanding, create within each one of us a, a boldness to share what God has done in our lives. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him. Who's him? No. They overcame him, the enemy. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. They did not love their lives to the death. They were willing to die for what they believed. They, 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 they had laid down their lives before the Lord. They were not living for themselves, that their lives were, were burning with a fire that comes from God. We sang about it this morning. So, so let me ask you this question this morning. Are you willing to lay down your life for the one who laid down his life for you? Are you willing to let go of your stuff and embrace his heart? Are you willing to burn with a passion for his bride? Are you willing to live with, a, with, a, with his passion for people? Now, in our culture today, my experience is the word passion means something very different than what the word originally meant. Oh, go for your passion. What are you passionate about. You see, in our culture, it means, what are you excited about? Or what, what, what makes you come alive? That's your passion, according to our culture. But see, a number of years ago, the word passion meant something else. It meant, what are you willing to suffer for? It referred to the sufferings of a martyr. What, 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 are, you, what, what, are, what are you willing to pay a price for? A movie came out many years ago, a number of years ago, called The Passion of the Christ. And the whole movie was about his suffering. See, he was willing, he was passionate about suffering for you so that you and I could come into the kingdom. What is your passion? What are you willing to suffer for? What are you willing to embrace even if it costs you something? Now, this verse also contains two keys to overcoming the enemy. These are spiritual weapons that God has given us. Las armas de Dios son poderosas. They are mighty weapons in God. 
Primero, first, that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. Now, we could spend the rest of this service and probably many Sundays talking about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That allows us to stand before the Father as though we've never sinned. It allows us to stand before the Father without any sense of, of guilt or, 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 or sin consciousness or, or condemnation. Jesus' blood is the blood of an everlasting covenant. Now God, as we read our Bibles, we discover that God has made many covenants through the years. He made a covenant with Adam. He made a covenant with Noah. He made a covenant with Abraham. Each covenant required a sacrifice, the shedding of blood. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, an everlasting covenant was set in motion. This is the last and the final covenant. And it was a covenant that was established by the blood of God's own son, Jesus Christ. And you are part of an everlasting covenant. Now, what does the blood of Jesus do? Hebrews 10, 14. I, I, I want us to read this scripture. Uh, and, and maybe we could actually read it out loud together. I know it's coming. I love your backgrounds, James. Those are amazing. Hebrews 10, verse 14. Interesting. Well, then I'm just going to read it out loud myself. <laughs> for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Whew. This is one of those verses that, that you need to let get, get from your head into your heart. You know, put it up on your refrigerator, put it on your bathroom mirror until the truth of that passage or that verse gets inside of you. Jesus' one sacrifice, his single offering, has perfected forever those who are in the process of sanctification, those who are in the, in the process of becoming like Jesus. James has it up there now. Let's just say it, read it together. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Whew. See, we never could stand before God in our own stuff. All of our righteousness is, is like a filthy rag. You know, we have some days when we think we're doing good. We have other days when we know we're not. It's, it's not about us and what we could do. It's about having faith in Jesus Christ and what he did when he died on the cross for each one of us and the work that begins to take place in our lives as a result of that. And he who began a good work in you, he will complete it. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and y segundo, the second thing is by the word of their testimony. Did you know that your testimony is a powerful thing? The word of your testimony actually is a weapon that God has given you to push back darkness. It has the power to release the kingdom of God into the earth. Your testimony what God has done in your life is a powerful weapon. And see, even people that, that profess to not believe in God are impacted by your testimony. They may disagree with what you believe, but they cannot deny your experience. They cannot deny what God has done in your life. And your testimony of the goodness of God releases the kingdom. Do you want to do damage to darkness? Share your testimony as often as you are able. And see, if you're willing to do that, God will give you lots and lots of opportunities. He's just really looking for a person that's willing 
to be his, his mouthpiece. A testimony reveals the goodness of God. A testimony is really about Jesus. It demonstrates what Jesus does in a life. It is the testimony of Jesus. The Bible says in Revelations 19.10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's because when you share a testimony, that prophesies what is possible again. It declares another miracle is now available. It reminds us of who God is, what he is like, and what he wants to do. It reveals what his covenant is like. It reveals who he intends to be in our lives. Three weeks ago, I was sharing my testimony about God healing my right shoulder in Mexico in March of 2020. And while I was sharing that testimony, Emmy was sitting right back there, and, and Emmy's shoulder began to feel something. Now, she had been having problems with her shoulder for months, and there were certain things that she couldn't do. And that Sunday morning, she had tried to do something, and it had hurt so bad that on the way to church, or just before church, she said to Ed, she said, I think I may need to go to physical therapy. Well, she comes to church. Nobody prayed for her. She just listened to a testimony about God healing right shoulders. And she said all of a sudden she felt something in her shoulder and it's like it relaxed. It just relaxed like it hadn't done for months. And she didn't want to say anything about it. She wanted to kind of test it out a little bit. Well, I got a text from her about 2.30 that afternoon, and she said, and she shared what God had done. And, and then she, the, the following Sunday, she shared about, she shared a testimony of that. And, and see, when you share a testimony, you are creating an opportunity for another miracle. Because God is no respecter of persons, he will do for you what he did for another. The testimony you just heard, it can become your testimony too. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is willing to do again what he did long ago, or what he did last week, or what he did yesterday. When someone shares about God's miraculous intervention of healing power or provision or intervention of any kind, that prophesies to those who have ears to hear that another miracle is now available to anyone who will add their faith to what has just been shared. When Mickey used to go into the women's jail... She was kind of a, a jail chap in, in the women's section of the jail. And one time she, uh, she just had, had a very busy day. She was kind of tired. And, and, and so she, she went and she really hadn't prepared anything to share. You, if you know Mickey, she's pretty spontaneous anyway. But she was just kind of tired. And so she fell back on something she's very comfortable in. And that is healing. And so she's just asking God for a word, and finally she said, are there any ladies here that you have a growth, you have a lump, or, or, or something like that? And she said of the ladies that were there, it was almost crazy how many of them had a lump. And, and so God, when she prayed, God dissolved every lump in every one of those ladies. And she came home, that was a Monday night, she came home and shared what God had done. I said, honey, you've got to share that uh, uh, during the testimony time on Sunday. That's amazing. Now, this is when we were in our old building, and so she gets up during testimony time, and she shares about this, this miracle of God dissolving lumps. And then she hears back, it was like a week or two later, of somebody in our church that when she shared that testimony, God dissolved the lumps in them that they had. 
See, when you share a testimony, you are actually inviting God to do it again. The way things happen in the kingdom is through declaration. One of the strongest declarations that we have is the works of God. Declaring the testimony of the Lord, the record of God's nature, his marvelous acts among us. In the Hebrew, the word testimony, the the root word that it comes from means to duplicate, to repeat, to do it again. When he tells us to remember the testimony or to keep the testimony, he is telling us to report or declare what God has done to talk about the works of of the Lord. And see, that's how you properly steward what God has done in your life. He is saying, make a declaration so I can do it again. Tell everyone who I am so that they will know and believe, so that they can add their faith to what has been said, so they can experience the miracle also. So Israel was instructed to keep the testimony. And the interesting thing is they would fall into great backsliding when they forgot the testimony. Keeping the testimony, properly stewarding the miracles that God had done. When they stopped talking about what God had done, their their expectation began to dwindle. See, it was supposed to be the inspiration in their conversation with each other. The inspiration for who God was. If they could just realize who God had been, it would create an anticipation for who God could be now. The declaration of what God has done in the past, it stirs up an anticipation for what he can do now. And see, that kind of anticipation draws God. It invites the Holy Spirit. It attracts angelic activity and miracles begin to increase. But see, when the miracles are, are, when we fail to discuss them, when we fail to declare them, when we fail to share with each other what God has done, when the testimony of God, the treasury of his activity in our lives, when it is not spoken of, our expectation begins to decline. And the activity of God declines. And the faith of God's people declines. And all around us, there's this downward spiral because we have lost touch with what God has covenanted with us to do in our time, simply by removing it from our conversation. The report of the supernatural interventions of God. Throughout the Bible, it says this. I just grabbed one scripture I want to read. It's Psalm 96, verse 3, but you'll find this all over the place. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. But by putting these testimonies on our lips, it begins to create the atmosphere where the miracles of God are reproduced and they increase. Deuteronomy 6.17 is when God kind of addressed this area with the nation of Israel. Are you guys doing okay? You're very quiet. How many are awake At least half, okay. Deuteronomy 6, 17, you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, his testimonies, and his statutes, which he has commanded you. They were to keep three things. In fact, to diligently keep the commandments, the the statutes, and the testimonies. What are commandments? They are the things that he has commanded us to do. We are to do what he says, the specific commands 
that he has given us. Statutes are the principles of God's nature that define how we do life, that we value the principles of God that keep us in the life of God, that keep us in this place with God. Testimonies are the spoken or written record of what God has done, the stories that reveal his nature. Diligently keep, not just the commandments, not just the statutes, but diligently keep the testimony. What is he saying? How do I do that? that? We know that testimonies are the spoken or written record of what God has done, the stories that reveal his nature, his, his goodness. So he says, here's your assignment. Keep the testimonies. Steward them well. The miracles that I have done in your life and even, even the miracles that you have heard others share. So here's what I believe he is saying. We are to hold these stories so close to our heart that we live life with an awareness of the God who invades the impossible. The miracles that we have experienced and the ones that we have heard about, they become the lens through which we look at life through and we live with an expectation of a supernatural God to be invading our lives continually. We live with this sense that all things are possible. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The written or spoken record of what God has done carries the spirit of prophecy. It carries a prophetic anointing. What is a prophetic anointing? What does it do? Prophecy does one of two things. Number one, it it foretells coming events. That, That is, revealing the future. Number two... It causes a shift in present events. That is, it is catalytic in nature. When when a testimony is given, there is an anointing released into the environment that changes the, the nature of present circumstances. It releases an anointing to experience what is being declared. When I started traveling in other countries, <clears throat> I, had, I had traveled to Peru and Ecuador with, with an evangelist. And I was part of about a 25-person team. And uh, while I was there, I prayed for this guy that was kind of, he was a prophet. He had a number of churches he was connected with. And God healed his back. So he invited me to come back to Peru I didn't realize exactly what was going to happen, but when he invited me to come back, he, he, all of the advertising, it's like I was this healing evangelist. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so I, I got to Peru, and I, I'm feeling like a lot of pressure. In fact, I told the Lord, I said, if you show up, I'll go to any country you want. But if you don't show up, this is the last of my travels. And uh, he did show up. But I, I began to discover something. And, and as my wife and I began to travel, we began to discover something that was interesting. At the end of my preaching time, I would, I would invite my wife up, and we would start sharing words of knowledge for healing. The people would come up, and, and when they would come up, we, we, I, we would personally lay hands on them, pray for them. God, God did all kinds of miracles, but I'd always say, testimonial? Would, would you share a testimony of what had just happened? And, and we didn't have to tell them two minutes or less or anything because they were very fast. They would share what problem they had, how long they'd had the problem, and what God just did. And, and I discovered that somewhere between 8 and 12 testimonies like that, the atmosphere totally shifted. 
Now, each testimony was prophesying into the atmosphere. Each testimony that was shared was starting to do something, but at, there was a certain point, usually somewhere between 8 and 12 testimonies, that something ignited, and people's faith ignited, and we no longer shared words of knowledge. We just started praying for the sick, and we had many services where every single sick person was healed. We couldn't find anybody else to pray for. We would, we would be praying for people, and then we'd say, who else wants to, an anointing, the gift of healing? Who else wants to be used by God in this area? And we'd pray for these people, and then we'd say, okay, who's sick? We need some sick people for them to pray for, and there weren't any. We had to send them out on the street, which I think was God's plan anyway. But I'm telling you, there is something prophetic when you share your testimony. I don't care where you are, it, it affects the environment that you are in. When a testimony is, is shared, it releases a prophetic anointing that begins to shift the environment and releases more and more miracles. Probably 12 to 14 years ago, my wife and I were at in Cuauhtémoc, Mexico. In fact, it was the church. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a couple that came to one of our uh, park adventures. It was at Fort Walla Walla, and it was this couple that pastored this church, Todd and Tracy Ruggles. That Sunday, I had her on the worship team, too. Good friends of ours, but we were in their church... And, and we, we'd ministered there before, and there was a family there that, that, that had been ministered to previously, and so the, the husband and the wife took time off from their jobs, and, and they said, we're going to clean up the church afterwards, we're going to do all this stuff. And so early in the services, usually what happens is, Mickey's over here praying for people, I'm over here praying for people, we each have an interpreter, well... Mickey prayed for a kid that had flat feet and God put arches in this kid's feet. And it was, it was, it was these, these, those were the parents that were cleaning up after everything. And I had never seen that miracle before. And so I was so excited. In fact, I just, I, I'm sure the mom got sick of it, but every time I saw her, I'd say, Could you take, can you take off their shoes? I just want to see I just want to see these arches. And, and I was just, I had never seen that before. I was excited. And so um, when we're traveling in other countries, you know, we've, we've been in these meetings. So when we get to meetings later in the week, I'm, we're sharing miracles from previous meetings in Kualimalpo or in Tenancingo and Los Reyes, different places. And, and, and so I'm just sharing what happened in Kuali Malpa. We're in the home of Mario and Jenny Hector. This is the home where God began to heal my shoulder in, in, in March of 2020. And so we're, we're in their home. 75 to 80 people are in this meeting. And I'm sharing testimonies of the miracles that we've seen. And I said, in, in Kuali Malpa, we saw God put arches in, in a child, in their feet. And, and I, I'm excited, you know, and, and I'm just sharing about what God has done. And, and when, when it came time to pray, this little girl, her name was Salma, and her mom came over, and, and she said, I have flat feet, can you pray for my feet? Now, I'm, I'm just being honest with you, okay? I said, in a moment, Mickey will pray for you. And the trouble was, Mickey had so many people that she was praying for over there. I'm praying for other people, and I'm noticing that nothing's happening with this girl. And finally, I'm thinking, okay, i got to pray for her. Oh, God, please, for her sake, don't disappoint her. You know, and so I had her take her shoes off, sit down in a chair, and I grabbed her feet, you know, and I'm praying for God to come. I'm commanding arches to form, and then I would have her get up and walk around a little bit and then sit down again, and it didn't happen immediately. It took about five minutes. 
But, but in, at the end of five minutes, she is walking around with arches in her feet. Tears are running down her face. Tears are running down her mom's face. I'm crying too. But it was a happy cry, if you know what I mean. And so now I am really excited. Because I've not only heard about a miracle that I'd never seen before, I actually saw it happen when I was praying. And so the next place, we were with uh, Alberto Isera uh, Hernandez. We were in Los Reyes, the Kings, a city outside of Mexico City. And I can't help it. I'm just so excited about God doing that miracle. I'm sharing the testimony. We were in Qualimalpa, and God put arches in this kid's feet. And, and then we were in, in Mexico City, and God put arches in, in Salma's feet. There's something about a testimony. Because in that service, God put arches in the feet of 13 kids. And it, it was just... I'm just thinking, I've never even seen this miracle before. Now it's just happening like this. Why? Por qué? Because we dared to share the testimony. We dared to declare what God had done. And it's, it was a... See, there's something prophetic that is released into the atmosphere when we give glory to God by testifying, by, te by our testimony. What we talk about controls the atmosphere of the environment we are in. Now, I want to say that again, because I want us to catch this. What you talk about controls the atmosphere of the environment you are in. And see, that can be good or bad, because death and life is in the power of the tongue. Your conversation can attract angelic beings into the room and an increase of the presence of the Holy Spirit, or you can release all kinds of other stuff. You and I are called to be brokers of the commodities of heaven. And one of the ways you release the resources of heaven into the earth is through words, through prayer, through declaration, through testimony. Testimony. Now imagine with me, if you will, a strategy for transformation. For the transformation of homes, the transformation of neighborhoods, of cities. What, what if the strategy of a church in a certain city, maybe it is for such a time as this, a, a strategy of transformation, and transformation that would take place in, in, in the home. Then it would spread into the neighborhood and into the schools, and into the workplace, and ultimately impact a city. So this is the strategy. Are you ready? The people of the church, they decide to be stewards of the testimonies of the Lord. They intentionally arm themselves with stories of God's supernatural supply, God's supernatural healing, of his supernatural invasion into people's lives, of his power to deliver, of his power to restore. You know, we all, every one of us, have testimonies of God's goodness. And when you hear someone else share a testimony, it doesn't go in one ear and out the other, but you are intentionally learning and remembering the stories of what God has done and is doing. And when you are home, these testimonies are part of your conversations. You share these stories with one another. And eventually you begin to share these stories with your neighbors. One time, Mickey and I had just gotten back from Brazil. The lady, a neighbor named Sue, who was getting our mail for us, and she stopped by to drop off our mail key. So we started telling her about the miracles that we had seen. 
And, and this was the trip where there, there was a band of girls that, that, you know, we're all in different places up front. People are lining up for prayer. We each have an interpreter. And, and, and this the, the bunch of uh, young ladies, it, it's interesting, young ladies travel in packs, no matter what country you're in. So they're all together, you know, and they come over, and, 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 and her, her legs are like this. And, and that's not a foot problem, that's not a knee problem, it's up here, right? And so uh, she, she said in Portuguese, she said, I just want to be able to kneel when I pray. I just want to be able to dance before the Lord, she said. So Mickey sat her down on an edge like this, and, and she pulled out her legs and she began to pray. And right in front of their eyes, her feet shifted like that. And she said, stand up. So she stood up for the first time in her life, saw her feet out in front of her. And so she, Mickey said, well, try it out, try it out. So she knelt down on her knees, and then she jumped up and started twirling and dancing around. And we shared that miracle with Sue. And some of the other miracles that we had seen, we, we shared with her. And uh, Sue had a really bad cold. Have you ever had such a bad cold that you not only don't sound like yourself to other people, you don't sound like yourself to you either? And so she had a really bad cold. And, and so after we talked about these miracles, we just said, hey, can we pray for you? She said, sure. So we just prayed for her. It wasn't long. It was just simple prayer. And, and, and Mickey said, how do you feel? She said, I feel better. Did, did you hear me? Did you, did you hear my voice? Her voice was normal. All of a sudden, God touched her. She not only physically, physically felt better, but her voice was restored. And I remember so vividly, as she left that night, she, she was leaving, and then she popped her head back in the door. She said, I'm going to dance home, she said. <laughs> what happens when we share the testimony? of the things that God does. First in our home, to see a transformation take place there, but then in our neighborhoods, when we're working on our jobs, when we go to school, when we're out and about in our community, can you see how this can impact a city? When we testify about what God has done, we are proclaiming the works of God. We are declaring his goodness. Let homes be impacted. And anyone who enters that home, let neighborhoods be impacted. Every time we declare the works of the Lord, what is being released? A, a prophetic anointing that is catalytically changing the atmosphere of wherever you are creating opportunities for God to show up and do more miracles. Worship team, please come. Could we stand together this morning? Every time that you and I share a testimony, we are affecting the atmosphere. When we declare the goodness of God, when we declare the deeds of God, we are letting light shine into the darkness. God is being glorified. His kingdom is advancing. His ways and his nature, they are being made known. Put your hands on your heart and just pray this with me this morning. Father, thank you for your word. I purpose to abide in it. Let it abide in me. Holy Spirit, help me, train me to use the weapons you have given me. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me, that purifies me, that makes me righteous before you. By your blood, I am cleansed of all unrighteousness. I stand before you, Father, in the righteousness of Jesus Christ.
I stand before you without shame or guilt. Now give me boldness. I purpose to declare the great things that you have done. I purpose to share the word of my testimony and release your kingdom to keep your testimony on my lips in Jesus' name. Amen. Worthy of it all. Let's worship together.
Yes. As you're coming up, Pam, grab that mic that's sitting right there. Let me make sure it's turned on properly for you. Should, nope. Thank you. I wanted to share this earlier, but the <laughs> there wasn't a time of testimony. <laughs> well, let's have one now. <laughs> so this is just a simple thing um, on the way to church. Um, I had a songbook that I had taken from our times in the park <laughs> and was um, I looking at I just opened it up to the first page, basically, it was page three, and it, it was the song, No Longer Slaves, which we sung today. <laughs> and uh, so I was reflecting back on what God had done a little over 24 years ago in my life of delivering me. And every time I think of that, you know, it, it just brings such joy to my heart and what God had done for me. Um, and so I, at the end, I decided to tell my husband, uh, I'm, I wonder if God's going to bring that song <laughs> today. So, and he did, so I was so glad. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Pam. Thanks for sharing that. Maybe, maybe, I could, maybe I could just share the testimony from 24 years ago, even though it was a while. How long would it take you to share? Uh, I, can, I can, well, it could take an hour or it could take a couple minutes. Mm. <laughs> you want the short version? Go for it. Version? Go for it. <laughs> anyway, um, 24 years ago, I went to a church where there was an uh, evangelist speaking. And I went for, he was there several days, so I went for a couple, three days. And the one time I went, he, well, he prayed for me three times. But the one time I went forward afterward, because he didn't call me out that time, but I sensed that God wanted that God wanted me to go up there and get prayed for. So he did pray again for me. And this time, the Lord revealed to him that I needed deliverance um, from things from my past. And I was. Um, 27 years had gone by that I was carrying these things, and they were gone in a moment of time. And things from, uh, I had been molested as a child, and then I, other things had happened that uh, brought more um, problems on me. And so I was delivered that evening. And that night, on the way home, I had a song come to my mind. Of all the songs in church that I had, all the churches that I've been in and all the songs I've heard, I could only think of one song, and I didn't like that song. <laughs> but I had to sing. I felt so much like I had to sing. And that particular song was uh, God's Gone an Army Marching Through the Land. Deliverance is their song with healing in their hand. Everlasting joy with gladness in their heart. And in this army, I've got a part. And. <laughs> I sung that at the top of my lungs over and over all the 23 minutes home. And when I got home and went to bed, I woke up the next morning. I had never woke up with anything as loud as this. A song was playing in my mind, a song that I don't think I'd ever heard before. Um, and actually, it was a chorus. I realized it later, a couple years later, when I heard the entire thing. But this song was, You have broken the chains that held our captive souls. Mm -hmm. You have broken the chains and used them on your foes. All your enemies are bound. They tremble at the sound of your name. Jesus, you have broken the chains. Jesus, you have broken the chains. Yes, Lord. So, 
Amen. Thank you. Powerful. Powerful. Good stuff. God is so good. Wow. We're going to, I'm going to give you a benediction. You know, I, I, I do want the prayer teams to come up today, if that's okay, just to be available to pray with people. I, uh, I feel like God's not done doing the things that he wants to do. Uh, so I'm going to give you a benediction in, in Romans chapter 15, uh, verses 5 through 7. And let me remind you, we're, we're having a brunch right after this. You know, so we're, that's going to be in the fellowship hall. It's going to be a great time of connecting and fellowship. And you might hear some more testimonies during that time. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth, uh, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. God bless you, saints. If you need prayer for anything, please come.